0: Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases. No replacement by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like this show, please consider helping us keep it. On the air by becoming an EPP that's an extra podcast person. You get a ton of bonus episodes and a brand new one every single week and exclusive video content as well.
1: It's only $5 a month and you can sign up at realghoststoriesonline.com.
0: Without our EPPs, this show could not go on and our expenses to keep the show going continue to go up. So if you like it and you want it to continue into the future, please consider signing up at realghoststoriesonline.com. Get all of those exclusives. I can guarantee you will absolutely love them.
1: Thanks for helping keep Real Ghost Stories Online on the air.
0: If you're already an EPP, thank you so much for the support. If you're not and you've been thinking about signing up, please do so now and allow us to continue to do this show for you every single day. Sign up to be an EPP on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And thank you so much for the support.
2: Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855 853 4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories
0: Online. And on tonight's episode, a groundskeeper for a cemetery is used to seeing visitors paying respects, but is there something quite peculiar about one visitor so you think you're safe from haunting in your new home maybe not if the ground has a history one listener shares how she knows a loved one has come back to apologize and if you saw the same apparition every night would you find a different way home those stories your calls and more today on real ghost stories online tony and jenny bruski joining you once again hello hi and how are you this fine day
1: i'm good how are you
0: i am doing uh splendid
1: yeah yes
0: just completely splendid (laughs) because i love thunderstorms they're just wonderful i love every moment of them
1: we're having quite a week here in kansas
0: yeah as we're recording this, uh, there's uh, it's just like storm after storm after storm after storm. And then we get to go into our tornado shelter, which I, I have to say, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like playing in a fort, except you have the chance of your home being uh, not there when you get out. Yeah. But uh, you get to, you know, kind of play. I mean, it's funny because I remember when I was a kid, I would go into um, <laughs> little forts that I'd make out of, you know, cardboard boxes and things of that nature. And uh, I would, I would uh, out of the cardboard, have all these, like, buttons and screens that I would draw on it with markers and crayons uh-huh. and stuff on the wall and pretend like, oh, you're pressing these buttons and doing these things. Now we're actually going into, like, the little fort thing. Uh-huh. Structures are fairly the same. I mean, we're not in a cardboard box. It's more of, you know, concrete and wood. <laughs> but now we actually have the little pads, you know, the iPads and stuff that you press <laughs> that have the buttons on in the fort to look at the radar and everything.
1: Oh, yeah. Hunkering down for a storm or tornado has changed so much from when I was a kid. Because now you were watching the radar and listening to our local weather. And and I was on my phone watching a chaser that we both know who has a camera on his dashboard. So we're literally watching in live feed this stuff come in. It's just, it's so different.
0: And it's all good and fun until the Wi-Fi goes out. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're kind of like, then you have to use your cell phone, and if that's still working, because that can be questionable in a storm room, just with all the, con, con- <laughs> with all the concrete. Yeah. But ultimately, a- at some point, especially like when the we've been down there before when it gets really nasty and like all the power goes out, you're just left with radio. At the end of the day.
1: Yeah. That's that's very true, and I don't know about anywhere else in the country, but, you know, we go to a continuous coverage and yeah. have people out watching and, and telling you what's going on.
0: And you hope to God they're competent. Yeah, you do. <laughs> that's the scary part is is hoping to God that they are competent. And it's fun. I mean, some it, it really is kind of luck of the draw of, of what you get anymore these days. For a while there, uh, our big station that, that, that has that stuff, Had a great group that was doing that stuff. And now there's some that are like talking about wet spots on roads. And it's just like, okay, this is watch out for the wet spots. That's been kind of an ongoing joke with some, some people in the area.
1: And they're not. Particularly from the area, yeah. so they don't have like a lifelong experience yeah. with the terminology.
0: Exactly, exactly. Which can be, you know, it's just it's scary because when you're in that that serious of a situation, you just want accurate information as much as you possibly can. But uh, not like, oh, I'd like to tell you where I'm at seeing the storm, but the sign's missing now, so yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Anyhow, good times. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. We would absolutely love to hear your ghost story. Uh, it's uh, Of course, you can also write on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com to share your ghost story with us that way. So lots of ways to get those stories into us here at uh, Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's kick off the show today uh, with a letter from Eddie. Eddie writes in, hello, Tony and Jenny. My name's Eddie. I'm a cemetery groundskeeper uh, at uh, Mount uh, Olivet Cemetery in uh, Wheatridge, Colorado. My experience started when I and my partner, Johnny, began the spring cleaning and the mausoleums. That's a fun place to do some spring cleaning.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You can go into uh, the, the hardware store, get your clean. What are you going to be using this on? I need something that's going to be good on granite and uh, possibly corpses. What would, be, uh, what would be useful for that? Is there uh, scrubbing bubbles? Uh, There were dead flowers, roses, rusted wires, uh, rippled birthday balloons, and torn mini-American flags in almost every crypt. It was about 8.30 a.m., very quiet with no traffic and not a soul in sight. Interesting choice of terms. Uh, I was uh, picking up dead flowers and roses on the ground and sweeping up debris. When I heard my name being whispered right in my ear, I gasped and shocked and turned around to see if someone was behind me but no one was there. I shrugged it off and continued working when I called out to Johnny and asked him if anyone else was here or nearby. He said there was nobody here, nor were there any cars in the parking lot. I got on my ladder and began working on the upper crypts, cleaning out the dead flowers and ripped Valentine's balloons, and out of nowhere, I felt my ladder being pushed back, and I fell backwards eight feet off my ladder, making one hell of a crash and a bruise. Johnny rushed to my aid and said, "'What the hell happened?' I explained that my ladder was pushed backwards. He looked at me puzzled. I further explained to him it literally felt like someone grabbed both ends of the ladder and gave it a good shove. I know I didn't lose my balance because I was propped up against the wall. I was shaken a bit. My arm was bruised, but I toughed it out and got back on my ladder and continued my work. As I continued working, I suddenly felt a strong and uncomfortable urge to turn around. "'I turned around and saw an old woman in an all-black dress "'walking amidst the graveyard across the way. "'Curiously, I got off my ladder and shouted to Johnny, "'I'll be right back. I'm going to go check something out,' he said. "'Okay.' "'As I curiously approached the graveyard, "'there was an old woman dressed in all black. "'She was kneeling at a grave, quietly crying, "'when she turned around and saw me standing there. "'She stood up, looked at me, and smiled "'with rotten, bloody, jagged, and gunked-up teeth "'and deviled red eyes.' She began to laugh hysterically. My blood ran cold and every hair on my b- body stood on end. Then all of a sudden, she vanished into a black mist. Why are you laughing?
1: Because when you stuttered, it sounded like every hair on my butt stood on end.
0: And every hair on my butt stood on end. <laughs> well, it was every hair on his body. Okay. And uh, I think that would count. Sorry. It's part <laughs> of it. I ran over to Johnny and told him what happened. He was in complete disbelief. I told him I had uh, to go home for the day. I felt utterly traumatized. Since a horrifying incident, I have gone back to work, and from time to time I still see the old woman wandering the graveyard in the early morning hours, but have never approached her. Nobody has any recollection of ever seeing an old woman dressed in all black dresses wandering the graveyard. Thank you for reading my story. I know it's hard to believe, but it really did happen. I'm very grateful for this podcast. It's a great outlet for those of us who experienced the strangest and downright scariest things imaginable? I've told friends and relatives my experience, and they laugh at me and said I was imagining the whole thing. Sorry this was so long, and thanks again for reading my story, Eddie, in Wheatridge, Colorado.
1: So, I think to me, what makes this awful is that he didn't just see this woman once, he sees her on an ongoing basis. Yeah,
0: she's out there visiting.
1: And apparently, he's the only one that sees her.
0: So do you think it's a case where he's sensitive to it and it's like an entity like that? I mean, it doesn't sound like an all that of a of a friendly one.
1: No, it sounds like it's something that's negative And, you know, I don't know if he's sensitive or if it's just something that he's in tuned with mm-hmm. right now, you know?
0: Do you think that she had something to do with the ladder being pushed?
1: <clears throat> I would think so.
0: I'm just wondering if he's sensitive and he sees things... That other people don't. Uh-huh. Um, I could see them possibly being two separate things. Uh, however, what kind of ties it together for me is where he went out there immediately after the ladder was pushed and she just started, you know, laughing evilly. Yeah. And That's kind of like, oh, you know, a little passive aggressive demon laughing.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, I would think if he were sensitive that he would pick up on more things there.
0: Yeah, see, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, if 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 he's a target for these other things that are there, if they're there, right? You know, it's it's one of those things where there's different arguments on graveyards of they are the most haunted places, they're the least haunted places, and you know this sure. and that. So it's really kind of whatever you want to subscribe to, but um, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh it's it's interesting. Very creepy, creepy imagery there. Thank you for writing in. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. And, hey, guys, if you really want our show to stay going on here, we need your support. We need you to be an EPP. It's an extra podcast person. You get an extra episode of the show every single week and access to our archive of episodes. There's like 30-some of them now, almost 40 of them out there. So uh, please sign up for that on the website, Real Ghost Stories Online. That uh, keeps our free show going on here uh, every day of the week. And you get the bonus stuff. Uh, so please uh, throw them in the kitty, and uh, we'll keep this thing going for a long time. Another letter. Hey, guys. My name is uh, Ivalice.
1: It, she explains that you pronounce it as evil is.
0: Oh, oh, this is, and funny enough, it's pronounced like evil is. If I just kept reading. <laughs> uh, evil is. Well, that's fun. Uh, I'm from Puerto Rico and a proud EPP. Well, thank you for the support, Evil is. Uh, I have many stories. I'd like to share with you, but I would like to start with some experiences I've had with dead family members visiting me and my mom in dreams. This is just because the three short examples provide different views on the matter. Well, the first experience I had with my grandfather in my was with my dad's side. Uh, when alive, he was a very severe person, and he ignored me and my sisters when I spoke out about his sister molesting me and my sister's. I always wanted his love and attention, and as a child, I felt bad when he played with my cousins in front of me. The real issue is that when he died, I felt like he would come and stand next to my bed and I'd feel an overwhelm and regret, but I didn't really feel like it belonged to me. He'd also come to me in dreams and stare at me in silence with tears running down my face. I really felt like he wanted to say that he was sorry and that being a very religious man, he wasn't at peace after death. It felt like he needed me to forgive him. I was never able to say that I forgave him for not believing in me, but I eventually got tired of him following me and I just asked him to stop and to look for forgiveness elsewhere. That's when I stopped dreaming about him. On the other hand, my mom's dad was the most loving man I've ever met in my life. Grandpa Jose took care of me and my sister and my mom and was his little princess. And I was his little princess. So. He always had a silly joke and a smile on his face. He was the kind of grandpa that, no matter how sick he got with Parkinson's and Alzheimer's, he would wink at you and ask for a beer and cake whenever bitter old grandma was not looking. He suffered his last days on earth very much, and I believe that whatever he had uh, had, uh, I believe that whatever he had to pay for, he paid for it while he was still alive. I believe that. Through his pain and the time he spent in bed, he had time to clean up his soul and mind. After he died, I just felt like he would finally be at a better place, and whenever he comes to me in dreams, he's always smiling, and I feel him around when I call out for him. I can feel him hugging me and telling me I'll be fine. He's always with a smile and jokes when I ask him, Hey, you know how you're dead? And then there's my grandma on my mother's side. She hated the attention that my mother got from Grandpa. She emotionally abused my mom but my mom never left her side. My mother was next to her getting all the insults and she never complained. My mother just prayed and took care of her while she was in a coma on her last 4 4 days uh, or sorry on her last days while her other four siblings were busy with their own lives. The main thing is that while on a deep coma my mother went to visit her like usual and sat and prayed. My mom felt like putting a gold cross on my grandma's hand to pray but before she could my grandma opened her eyes my mother says that my grandma looked at her straight in the eyes her eyes were black my mom swears it was like looking straight into hell itself then my grandma grunted and took her last breath my mom says it felt like the devil was mocking her and telling her that there was nothing to do because he owned my grandma's soul my granny practiced the occult and my mother's feelings did not come as a surprise to me the creepy part about it was that my mom started having dreams of my grandma brutally beating her and insulting her. My mom would wake up bruised and in pain, and she would see a shadow in her room. Obviously scared, my mom prayed for her mother's soul and lighted candles to offer peace and light to my granny, but nothing would help. One day, my mom was told that from a friend who was sensitive to stop praying and lighting candles because it was just burning my granny's soul, kind of like when holy water is used over evil spirits, and that my granny was angry about my mom praying for her. So my mom stopped praying. I just gave granny one last goodbye, and everything just stopped. I believe the afterlife depends, too, on how much time we put into taking care of our souls. No matter what our beliefs are, we just need to learn to love and release ourselves of whatever makes us feel heavy inside. I know I was not able to forgive my grandpa, but I don't hate him or love him, for that matter. Not perfect, but I'd like the world to know that other than that, what makes us feel good physically, we also need to do what makes us feel good inside. Please never, ever forget to love, even when horrible things are done to you. Remember that maybe is just a way for us to understand life.
1: So that is really a good story that it, it takes three different ways that you... You and your family, once they're gone, mm-hmm. you know you can still connect with them, or you know what may be happening. Or to burn them. their souls. Well, yeah, it's just interesting because all three accounts were so different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of a, a sampling. Yes,
0: interesting family dynamic when they were alive. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm want okay, did, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the evil grandma mm-hmm. was married to the nice grandpa. Did I get that right? I think so. It makes you wonder.
1: Yeah.
0: How do you? I mean, I feel bad for. Was 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 she nice to him at all, or was it? Uh, it doesn't sound like it.
1: It doesn't sound like
0: it. It's interesting when you can have someone to be so kind and generous and friendly, and then you have literally as close to a witch as you can get. Yeah. That's in that same <laughs> dynamic. It's like yeah. how how
1: does that? How do they even work together? Yeah.
0: Very interesting, very interesting. Or that it didn't pull, you know, the the niceness down on the one guy, Mm -hmm. you know, just by having to endure that all the time. So, I don't know. That was a very interesting, uh, interesting story. And it was, yeah, very interesting to hear the different dynamics of uh, communicating with them in the afterlife. Yeah. Hopefully he's getting all the cake and beer he wants. Hope so. Without her now. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, 855-853-4802. That's our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Nina writes in, hi, I was listening to your podcast when I heard a story from Stockton, California. I was born and raised in Stockton. I'd like to share one of my many ghost experiences. When I was 15, my father decided he wanted to purchase a brand new house and move the family from the countryside into the uh, the suburb. My dad purchased the house before construction began. The surrounding neighborhood was no more than 10 years old. The night before the move, I had a dream that the house was haunted. In the morning, I told myself the dream was due to the anxieties from the move. I lived uneventfully in that house until I was 18 and left for the military. One summer, I was visiting my parents and staying in my sister's bedroom. I was lying on the bed reading when I had a feeling I was being watched. In the corner of my eye, I can see someone standing in the closet. I dropped the book, got out of the room as fast as I could. That night, while I slept, I felt someone get into bed with me. I opened my eyes and saw a young woman with very pale skin sleeping next to me. I felt her put her leg and arm over me. I remember reaching over and digging my nails into her arm. My sister got up and turned on the light because I was screaming. The next morning, I told my family about my experience, and I was shocked to learn that everyone in the house had their own experiences, and most of the activities were focused in that room. My mother told us a couple of years ago that she was taking a nap while everyone was in school. She heard a girl yelling for help from my sister's bedroom. She ran into the bedroom, but no one was there. She never told the kids about it because she didn't want us to be scared. My father told us right after the move that his friend, who's a shaman, visited the house, asked him how old the house was. My father told him it was brand new. The shaman then said, although the house is new, the land has history. My father laughed it off and never mentions it. After hearing everyone's stories, my parents had a shaman bless the house. During a different visit, I met up with an ex-neighbor. The family moved into their house on the same day we moved into ours. They moved out three years later. The wife asked me if we ever experienced anything unusual in her house. She went on to tell me that her son refused to sleep in his room, which was adjacent to my sister's room. He would complain about seeing shadows and feeling uncomfortable in his room. After three years, the family decided to move. At their new house, the son never complained about sleeping alone. My parents still live in that house. According to them, the house has been quiet since the blessing. I have many other encounters with the paranormal, but it's another story for another time. Thank you for your time. Nina.
1: It makes you wonder if there wasn't originally a house on the property that straddled where the two houses sat because it sounded like the activity in both the houses she said was adjacent to each other Mm -hmm. so it's almost like maybe they both sat right on top of where something had happened before
0: something stood or happened Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i wonder i mean it could have also been you know some sort of i mean and when we think house we think you know housing like today housing I'm, i'm thinking but in this case i almost wonder if maybe it was more so like a uh, some sort of a stead, you know, whether it have been uh, teepees, huts, something of that nature yeah. that was on the land and maybe multiple. You know, in that very specific area, mm-hmm. um, I could see that possibly being the case, too. It's it's good to hear that it did clear up with the shaman. That's, that's not always the case. Yeah. Sometimes you get the blessing and it's like, yeah, and it got 10 times worse. Right. And the cat started eating the dog. Uh, But uh, in this case, uh, it was good. So it's interesting. It's fun. Uh, That must have been a fun reconnection with the neighbor.
1: You think so? That
0: would have been a fun conversation. I mean, depending on how open they were to it. I mean, obviously, they had the conversation and both conversed about the topic openly, Mm -hmm. as obviously it happened to them. But had the neighbor been like either really reluctant and not wanting to talk about it or nothing absolutely happened to them, that would have been made for a much more uncomfortable conversation. Like, what are you talking about? No, I never (laughs) had that happen. No, not at all. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Hi. Hey, this
2: is uh, Thomas. I actually called in once before with a story about uh, me and my friend one night when we caught an EVP. But I actually just remembered a story that happened to my dad, which I think may be a little creepier. Uh, So this would have been back in the 1970s, way before my time. But uh, around my dad would have been about... About my age, maybe a couple years younger. Uh, My dad is from Johnstown and used to live in a house that was kind of in the middle of the woods, up in uh, Westmont. And uh, the story he tells, my dad's not a guy who believes in ghosts, but even this one he said he can't really explain. Uh, Back when he was living up there, the house they lived in used to be owned by a bachelor with three German shepherds. And uh, my dad's part of the story is kind of short and my grandma also added to this later when I asked her about it. So, uh, my dad's part of the story goes, basically, uh, one night, staying in this little guest room they had, was very tiny, and she said, she felt what felt like a big dog leaning up against her, pushing up against her in the middle of the night, and told my dad and his mom about this, and they were like, well, that's weird, it's never happened to any of us, and she was like, well, You know, I can't really explain it. And, uh, my dad's family at the time did, um, kennel dogs. And they thought, well, maybe it was one of them. And she's like, no, it was a big dog because they only kenneled toy poodles. And, uh, so from there they were kind of like, well, that's kind of weird. And, uh, where my dad's part of the way it comes in is, uh, he was backing out of the driveway one time. It was a very long driveway up the hill. He was backing out of the driveway, and he looked in his rear view, and he saw a German Shepherd standing there. And he looked out the front of his windshield and then looked back again, and it was gone. And this was like a split second, like, you know, check the windshield, look back really quickly to see what he just saw, and it was gone. Faster than a German Shepherd or any dog could have bolted out of the way. And he said that is the only thing he's ever seen that he couldn't really explain. And my grandma's part of the story is uh, she knew about all this going on because my dad had told her about it. And uh, she was saying after that happened, she, was, uh, she got in the car and she was driving somewhere and she felt, or felt like a big dog crate pushing up against her seat, like a big dog in a crate rocking back and forth in the seat, moving the crate. And she pulled alongside the road, opened the door, and said, go on, get out of here. And she said she felt like the dog left. Whatever it was, left. And after that, they never had any experiences again. They never saw the dog. You know, No one ever said they fell a dog, anything like that after that. But uh, that is my dad's ghost story that he says, the only thing I can't explain that I would call paranormal. And like I said, my dad is not the kind of guy who believes in the paranormal. So for even him to say that, that's kind of uh, unique. Thank uh, thanks for listening to my story, and uh, have
0: a good day or night. How do you not believe in the paranormal when you actually have paranormal things happen to you?
1: I think it's a coping mechanism that some people just don't want to believe that.
0: Like just keep saying it over and over and it'll be true? I think so. That sort of a thing? hmm I suppose that makes sense. Did you see there was a, uh, a paranormal? Uh, I, I have yet to really watch it, but uh, the gist of what I'm understanding of it, it's floating around online right now. Somebody's uh, alleged video of their their dog interacting with a uh, something. No. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it's pretty creepy. Huh. I, I I need to watch this. I, otherwise, I can't really speak much of it. But I know it's floating around there. I was going to see if you had seen it yet. But we'll watch and we can talk about it on another episode. But okay. I, I saw some still images and it's, it's a dog that looks rather creeped out. Okay. So and it's just you know it's like night vision almost. You know it's just kind of wandering around the house by itself at night and. It's it's seeing something. It's interacting with something. Okay. So, yeah. Ooh. Interesting stuff. 855-853-4802. That's our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi, Tony and Jenny. Found your show a couple weeks ago. I'm hooked. It uh, isn't only about the stories you're telling, but the way you're telling them, as well as the dynamic you have together that makes your show so special. Thank you. I figured it's about time to tell my ghost story, since in a world full of skeptics, everyone who I've ever mentioned it to, thinks I'm lying or crazy. See, that's where you should I should do that in the um, the movie. In a world full of skeptics, everyone <laughs> thinks you're lying or crazy. And this is where you need the big bangs and.
1: Okay. Oh my God! they
0: are gonna die. Or are they? Anyhow. Thanks. Continuing on. So here it goes. It was three to four years ago when I first started experiencing the paranormal when I'd wake up with minor scratches on my body. It was something that worried me because I've always had sensitive skin and it often gets itchy. So I figured I was scratching in my sleep and leaving marks. I just started dating my now ex-girlfriend and I'd often joke that I thought I was being abducted at night while I was sleeping and being probed by aliens. Not remembering any of it in the morning. I live with my parents and two sisters in a fairly large house that was built in a new neighborhood in 1994, and my family was the first to live in it. I'm the oldest and the only boy of my siblings, so naturally, I moved to the bedroom in the basement where I was old enough and figured I could get a little more privacy. At first, it was a little nerve-wracking because of the new noises you would hear down there, the house adjusting, the pipes, the furnace, etc., but I got used to them very quickly, Fast forward a few years, as they do every year, my family leaves to go to Greece to visit my parents' respective brothers and sisters for a two-month vacation on the beach while I stay and take care of the family business. That year, I ended up going on vacation for a couple of weeks before my parents left, but happened to overlap by one week. So when I got back, they were already gone and I had the house to myself. I walked in around 10 p.m., put my bags down, locked the door, and put the alarm on to take a shower and get ready for bed. As soon as I got out of the shower, I heard a loud bang, and the alarm siren started ringing. I ran upstairs, checked all the windows and doors, leaving the alarm ringing, knowing the police would be notified and would come. All the doors were locked from the inside, but the alarm says that the back door was open. The police checked the surrounding of the house and did not find any indication that anyone was there. I called a buddy over to hang out in case it uh, was an attempted break-in, although deep down an unsettling feeling told me that nobody was trying to break in. A couple of days later, a friend of mine asked me to dog-sit for her. I agreed and my girlfriend told me she would stay with me too and help with the added responsibility. The first night, the dog was in absolute terror, staring at the wall in my bedroom, barking for hours on end. The second night... The third night, the fourth night, always the same incessant barking, snarling, growling, and always at the same spot. Finally, I called my friend and told her I couldn't get any sleep with this dog in the house. Thankfully, she understood, called another friend to come pick him up. It was 3 a.m. the night after the dog left, only to be woken up by a loud noise which sounded like the garage door was opening. I ran upstairs to the garage, but it was still closed, but the noise seemed to be getting louder and louder. I walked around the house trying to figure out where it was coming from, only to find stored away in my home office a treadmill we hadn't used in years turned on and on the fastest speed. I turned it off and went to bed. But it was kind of weird but didn't think much of it, until the next night, that is. Again, 3 a.m., my girlfriend woke up screaming for help. I grabbed her and she told me she saw a dark figure with large black eyes with its arms extended to her neck. I told her, that it was just a bad dream and we could watch some TV if she'd like to get her mind off of it. As we got out of bed, we heard a loud bang. and The treadmill started running again. I ran over to the office, unplugged the treadmill, panicked. My girlfriend wanted to get a hotel room for the night. I told her we shouldn't be spending money on that and she's just nervous. It's an old treadmill and it was just a bad dream. I told her we should go upstairs and turn on the lights, watch some TV, get our minds off of it. They walked upstairs to turn on the kitchen lights and sit in the TV room. There was a single candle lit on the counter. I asked her if she lit the candle while we were having dinner, and she didn't, and I decided to get the F out of the house. We ended up going to her parents' house for the night. There have been more paranormal occurrences that have happened to me and my sisters in the house, so I'll try to send a few more in soon. Sorry for the long story, and thank you for your show. I love listening to all the ghost stories on my way to work every morning. I plan on being an EPP soon since I'm starting to run out of regular episodes to listen to. I need the bonus episodes in my life. Hope you guys are well. Johnny.
1: Okay, this may be a dumb question, but with the bang and then the starting up of the treadmill, would that possibly be some kind of power surge? I know it wouldn't explain the dark figure she saw, Mm -hmm. but could that... Is that how that works?
0: Well, I mean, the bang would have to come from something. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, I mean, a power surge alone wouldn't cause a bang. I mean, it it would if it was impacting some appliance and blowing some breaker out of it.
1: Okay.
0: um, Or a wall breaker. um, That could cause a bit of a bang, uh, but just the surge in uh, itself wouldn't. So, I mean, theoretically, if there's a bang and the treadmill starts, um, yeah, I mean, in theory, that could be it. Um, and there could be something wrong with the treadmill, and it was just something popping in it. Um, It's interesting that it's happened two nights in a row, Mm -hmm. right with the timing of the other thing. Um, So I don't know. I mean, things like that almost make me wonder, okay, is this an entity using existing forces for its communication? You know, Mm -hmm. is it causing the you will, knowing if I power surge this is a faulty treadmill if it surges i can pop it it'll make a noise it'll get the starting and it'll get attention okay you know what i mean yeah not like magically i'm going and flipping the switch on the treadmill but it's using the electric energy and manipulating it to do something okay so i don't know they're they're very close together to completely dismiss it as being not part of the the episode, if you will, don't you agree?
1: Oh yeah, there's too much going on for it to not be paranormal. I'm just wondering if that's, mm-hmm. you know, something paranormal causing that.
0: Sure, sure. Um Yeah, I think I think they're connected. Okay. Somehow, some way. I think the the treadmill is paranormal, but the the creepy dark man is not paranormal.
1: At all. No, that's completely normal. We talk about that all the time.
0: Everyone. The thing is, with the amount of stories we have about that, it kind of is. <laughs> It's kind of like, yeah, that's the norm.
1: It's like a pet. Uh, Don't you have a shadow person
0: too? Nothing to worry about, kids. It's just our local shadow man. Lauren writes in, hi, Tony and Jenny. I wrote in not too long ago about the bed and breakfast my family stayed at in the 90s and the experience my sister and I had there. It's really cool hearing you guys tell it on the air and what you all thought about it. I have another experience that I'd really like to get your feedback on. I grew up in a suburb town in the Dallas-Fort Worth area in Texas. It was a small upper middle class town, nothing very unusual about it. However, when I was about 17 years old, some friends and I found out about a cemetery located in the neighborhood in the town. It was really odd because this was a very nice neighborhood and was not something you would expect to be located there. My friends and I looked into it a little more and it turns out that the majority of the people buried there are from the Civil War era up to about the late 1800s. We explored around there one day, and there was a very strange feeling to the area. It didn't feel malevolent, so to say, but just the consistent feeling of being watched. We never went back to the cemetery, but it did back up to a road that I frequently drive down. A few months later, I was driving home from a friend's place around 10 that night or so. give you a visual on the street, there was a sidewalk all the way down one side of the road. while the side of the road that the cemetery was on, There was a drainage ditch, so no one would be able to walk on that side of the road very easily. While driving, I noticed a man who almost looked like he was jogging on the side of the road that had the ditch on it. He appeared to be an older man who was dressed in all gray. I was staring when I saw him because the road is particularly dark and winding, so I couldn't imagine why someone would choose to be on that side of the road. I thought it was all very strange when I passed him. I went to look back in my rearview mirror, and in that moment, it was as if he literally vanished before my eyes. I could not believe what I saw. I was so shocked when I got home. My mom saw my expression and asked what had happened. I tried my best to explain what had happened, but she just tried to dismiss it and told me it was probably nothing. I tried to shake it off, but a few weeks later, I had the same exact experience. The same man who looked to be jogging, and when I passed him, he disappeared. This happened to me about three or four times, however. It seemed to only happen when I was alone. I took a friend down that road with me that night because I had uh, been telling her what had happened, but he, the man, did not make an appearance. A couple nights later, I was driving by myself and saw him again. I started to feel like I was losing my mind because I was the only person who could not see this man. Not long after this, I moved to Austin for college but have not been back to that road at night since then. I don't really know what to make of it, but I would love to hear y'all's feedback on what this could mean. Thanks so much for the show. You two are awesome. Lauren.
1: Okay. You're
0: going to die. No. That's what it means.
1: Here's what I'm thinking. It's in Texas. It's a cemetery that is from the Civil War era. Mm -hmm. The person that she is seeing is a man dressed in all gray walking down the road. My mind goes to the ghost of a Civil War soldier.
0: Going for a jog?
1: Well, it didn't say it was a jogging suit. They just She just said he was dressed in all gray, which Confederate uniform was gray.
0: Sure. Well, didn't she mention it was jogging? though? No, not jogging suit, but didn't she mention it? she thought it was a jogger? Like running? Yeah.
1: You know, probably. I mean, I know she mentioned that, but mm-hmm. know, I could see it running.
0: Sure, and I could see you kind of just being, thinking normal things. Mm-hmm. Thinking, oh... That's just a jogger. It's a, you know, and jogging suits do vary quite a bit. And from a distance, you could mistake some sort of, you know, out-of-place garb for being a festive jogging suit from a distance.
1: If you're coming up behind them. Yeah. And you're not seeing the front.
0: And it's dark. You're like, oh, okay, somebody wearing a gray jogging suit. And Then you get, oh, okay.
1: I don't know. That's just where my mind went with it. I know that, you know, she might have been able to identify it as mm-hmm. that. So that might not be what it is, but just the clues in the story made me think that.
0: I know a lot of folks enjoy exercising. Maybe it's just something that the ghost enjoys doing in, in death. I hope to God we don't need to exercise after death. <laughs> I hope this is the only place that exercise is required because I don't like it. I'm not a fan of the exercising. I know we have to do it, but I hope it ends there.
1: You need to start liking it. You need to well, change your attitude. Well, I,
0: I distract myself with it. I got the exercise bike desk, mm-hmm. and that's what I work on during the day. So I'm getting my exercise, but I can only, like, exercise when I'm not realizing I'm exercising.
1: You need to fake it till you
0: make it. I will never like it.
1: I think we need to do something other than just, like, the hamster treadmill bike crap. I think we need to try and make it, like, PE class where it's fun.
0: I hated PE class.
1: There was yeah. nothing fun about that. I'm not Go. talking about rope climbing. I'm talking about let's play dodgeball or something.
0: We could do some dodgeball.
1: That would be fun.
0: The thing is, like our two and a half year old, you know, she tips over easily.
1: She's gonna slam you in the head with a dodgeball. <laughs> She'd be the.
0: That's true. I've seen her play with the older one. Yeah, <laughs> the older one is the one that loses. She's gonna kick your ass. <laughs> and that's kind of amusing and funny and mad not good at the same time Yeah, because <laughs> you're like you want to say no don't do that and you're also kind of laughing while saying it yeah <laughs> it's like oh and,
1: and when the, the older one falls down she's
0: like get up yeah <laughs> get up and the two-year-old is screaming get up you want more <laughs> oh it's amusing 855-853-4802 that's our number here at real ghost stories online let's go to kim hi hi
3: Gideon. and uh, this is kim um, from Oregon, a.k.a. The Vaccinator. Anyway, I'm fairly new to the show. I just became an EPP last weekend. And I have a story that I would like to share with you and see what you think. Um, uh, eight years ago, my fiancé and I broke up, and I was staying with my older brother with my son, who was just almost two at the time. And... Um, one night I was sleeping, and the way that our, our bedroom was set up is I had my bed, and then my son slept in his, um, like, makeshift playpen down at the very end of my bed. It was pushed up up against the end of my bed. Anyway, one night we were sleeping, and I woke up, and it was like it wasn't I wasn't, like, scared awake, or there wasn't a noise that woke me up. It was just like I was sleeping, and then my eyes popped popped open. So I looked at the clock, and it was two um, two 2.32 a.m. in the morning, and I thought it was kind of weird because, you know, like I said, I wasn't scared awake. I wasn't feeling any kind of uh, emotions at all. I was just awake. And then about 30 seconds later, my son popped up out of a dead sleep also, and he starts climbing over his little playpen, over the top or top of the bottom of my bed and crawling up to me and the whole while, as soon as he stood up, he was saying, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. All the way up until he got to me. And so I, you know, cuddled him up and I said, did you have a bad dream? And he said, yeah. And then he fell back asleep. And so I thought, well, that's kind of weird. You know, it kind of shook me up a little bit, but I ended up going back to sleep. Anyway, the next day, About noon, I was outside on the front porch having a cigarette, and my sister-in-law comes out and asks the name of my son's father and about how old he was, and so I told her, and I asked why, and she had said that she had just heard on the news that somebody by the same name had been in a car accident in the area that he lived, and so I thought, well, that's you know, a little bit too of a, of a, too much of a coincidence. So I found the number to the, the news station, and I called them. And the lady, I, I said, you know, I had heard that somebody by this name was in a car accident. You guys just run the story, and I was wondering if I could get the details. Well, she looked it up on their computer, and she said, no, we didn't run a story like that. And I said, well, my sister-in-law just saw it on the TV, and she said, well, I don't have it here. And I said, okay. So I hung up with her, and I had tried to call my son's father, and um, it was just going to his voicemail, and I tried for probably about two hours to get a hold of him, and I couldn't. And so finally I called the coroner in the area that he lived in, and I you know, explained to him what had been going on, and I said I was just wondering if you had anybody... By that name, and he said, could you tell me, you know, does he have any distinguishing marks, da, da, da. So I told him about the tattoos, and he said, yes, I'm sorry. It is him. And so I, after the initial shock, I said, could you tell me about what time that was? And he said, well, he came into my office a little after 2.30 in the morning. So I'm wondering if it was him coming to say goodbye to my son and, you know, it just happened to wake me up first. I'm not sure, but the thing that makes me think it was him is in, a, in my family, we believe that our loved ones come to us like as different animals or different signs, and my grandmother and grandfather on my dad's side come to me as crows. Well, that evening, I was out, again, on the front porch smoking a cigarette, and I looked up, and there was two crows sitting on the telephone wire out, um, out front of my brother's house and they were one was you know cleaning the other one so I took that as my grandma and grandpa because my grandma was always taking care of my grandpa and then I looked and about I don't know four or five feet away there was a lone crow and it was picking at himself and my fiance, every time he got nervous he would he would pick at his beard so I kind of thought well maybe that's But I thought, no, maybe, you know, I'm just wishful thinking. But then um, he liked that song. I think it's by Creed. It goes, um, I'm alive. But every time I would get into the car and start it up, that song would be on the radio, but it wouldn't be, you know, different parts of the song. It would always be the part that said, I'm alive. And that was one of his favorite songs before he had passed away. And then when we went to the funeral, um, my mom went with me, and we took my son. And like I said, he was he was almost two at the time. Um, my fiance di- died on March second, and he his my son's birthday is on March twenty sixth. So it was just you know a couple weeks away from his second birthday. Anyway, my mom was strolling um, him around during the funeral because he was getting a little irritated, and she said that they went up the road a little bit, and my son started pointing at nothing. She couldn't see anything, but he was pointing in a certain direction and saying, Daddy, 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 over and over again, and laughing and smiling. So anyway, I just wanted to get your opinion and and see if you think maybe it was him stopping by to say goodbye that night or not. Anyway, I love your show. Keep it up. Thanks. Bye.
1: I think it probably was. You know, that's too much coincidence there for it to happen at the time that he would have died. And then, what was it? Was it the sister or the sister in law saw something on the news that really wasn't even there? Somehow a message was conveyed that tipped her off to it. So I think something definitely was going on to try and get her attention there.
0: Yeah, I, I, there was something that was going on. I was wondering if. Um like the timing was going to be off on the news story or something, where it's like, how this couldn't have possibly been on the news because it happened after, after the fact that she heard it or something of that nature. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think there's some sort of connection there. Mm-hmm. I also think she could have called the wrong station.
1: Could be, or, or somebody <laughs> at the station just didn't know. Didn't know. Yeah,
0: I mean, because I mean, just having worked in that world forever, um, you get that a lot. Mm-hmm. I just heard something on your station about this and that. And you're like, no, you, no, you didn't, sir. No, I didn't. No, you, you didn't because we didn't say anything like that. Um, but it's easy to get confused, yeah. you know, with that sort of thing. Um, but uh, I don't know. It, it could have been something paranormal. The thing is, there's so many paranormal things at play here. It could have been something along those realms, too. Yeah. You know, that's that's why it's so hard to say if it was a. a confusion or if there was literally something at play there as well. Um, But certainly, I think it was certainly the dad coming back to say goodbye. I think that's the the, little one. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes total sense. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Shane, hi.
2: Hey, my name is Shane. Um, I moved into a place in San Antonio that's well, it was um it was made in uh, the nineteen sixties. It's a very old place. And um, you know, really good neighbors, you know, very good people around here, but um the longest time I lived here I could only imagine how many people have probably died in here. And me being really into the paranormal, I really enjoyed that idea. And, um, after moving in here I really didn't expect what would really happen. Um, I was just well, me personally, I messed with the Ouija board, and I played with it nonstop. And I played with it all myself. I really didn't get the rules growing up. Um, using it all myself, that actually moved, and I became a really good friend with the ghost here who called himself Spanworm. Um, as as I thought I spelled it out. I had an an EVP. Um, voice phenomena thing app on my phone and he spelled the same thing out and him and I would talk to each other for hours on end. Hours on end. And well, I got a really close bond with him and uh, there was not a day for about a year that we wouldn't talk to each other. We would use EVP rating thing or we'd use the Ouija board and just talk to each other. He'd tell me about it as a day that he would watch my mom or he would wander around the skies looking at people and he'd come back to me to see how I was doing and just he seemed really, really friendly and then it got to this point to where I don't know, I kind of gravitated away from paranormal stuff. I got my... Well, I got a new girlfriend and um, we started hanging out a lot and I didn't want anything to do with the spirit world and um I after promising him that I would talk to him every day I just cut him off well not long after that um I was scratching my walls um things would be where I left them and that was the minimal thing that would for a while and I just thought it was kind of weird but I didn't pay him that much mind but um after a while, it kind of got progressively worse. Like besides the scratching would hear, my neighbors would hear the scratching too. And besides things being knocked over, um, the stove would pop on at night and the oven, and it turned into worrying about the house is going to burn down. Every night the stove would be <clears throat> the stove would be on. Every night the goddamn stove would be on. There was no way for us to turn it off. Like, it just wouldn't cut off. We had to put off the breakers in the entire kitchen. It just always fucking happened. And we thought that was around kind of the last for all. Um, we knew something weird was going on in the house, but they could not give us another apartment here, and we didn't have any money to move out of here, so we kind of put up with it. Um, <clears throat> it was long after the stove, thing happened, um... You know, besides things being knocked off and everything, um, I'd be sitting in my room and I would think they were dreams. They weren't dreams though. Like, uh, um, you know, laying on your back, um, you understand sleep paralysis and things like that. Like, uh, laying on your back, um, your brains half in, half out. I would have a bunch of that. Like, a I would see a shadow sitting on top of me and holding me down. I could not move, I could not scream. When I could finally get a word, I was like, mom, 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 mom. No one's here to hear that, but I would scream and eventually you would let out. And I attributed that to sleep paralysis, but um, it was one night where I laid on my side. Usually sleep paralysis didn't happen on your side uh, to my knowledge, but um, it held me down. And when I tried to shoot up, I still held down, but I was sitting up. Something whispered in my ears, You're going to die. And I screamed as loud as I could, but with no one here. And I guess whatever strength I had pulled me out of that, and I shot up and went outside and slashed my trunk the entire night. And that's just another one of the instances. There are a million more. Um,. Another one was uh, falling asleep inside my bedroom. I had this beanbag where I slept on, and uh, I was laying on that one night. It was very stormy outside. Um, I hope like my beanbag was going down, like like the the foam inside of it was going down, and I fell inside of my bed. There was a cut. And all of the foam, or whatever the the styrofoam, there we go. Um, was all inside of my bed, and I was sweating like crazy. And I looked in front of my closet. I, I don't know, maybe the styrofoam was to wake me up. I guess I don't know, but I saw in front of my closet was someone that looked just like my mother. I, just extremely emaciated though. Just uh, purple eyes she hadn't slept in a while and uh, she just staring at me I knew that wasn't my mom because my mother I was kind of overweight a little bit but um this person was extremely emaciated like dehydrated as fuck and started walking toward me walking toward and I do really not think of it cover myself <sighs> I just Ever since I was a kid, these things have been happening and they've still keep going on and I cannot tell you how worse they've gotten. I'm only giving you the base input of how worse it's got. Um, I wanna tell you more. Um I love your show. Just keep you uh, know, keep doing what you're doing and I I love there's a place all of us can go to and exchange these stories. Good night. All right. Good night.
0: Well, I guess that's what happens when you don't close the Ouija board.
1: Well, it sounds like, you know, uh, I guess you have to keep a friendship going, whether they're alive or not.
0: Well, It's one of those things to me where I guess the promise was made. I I wonder what would have happened with that relationship had it continued on and flourished. uh, and not been ignored i wonder if it would have continued to get bad though if it was a manipulation and the thought process of oh you know i'm normal i'm okay i'm i'm here um and and eventually this would have happened regardless
1: i could see that just trying to creep in and take over more and more
0: yeah exactly and then it just essentially accelerated when realize that oh well that plan's not gonna work I'm just gonna you know go full bore at him right now yeah as far as uh hearing more I would love to hear more so feel free to please call in and, and share your stories with us um, I'm not sure if if you're looking for advice as far as how to get rid of these things he didn't really bring that up I would think anyone naturally would want to mm-hmm. um uh so if anyone has any thoughts ideas suggestions on that uh, feel free to start a thread up there on the forum section and then uh, our uh, our storyteller there uh, on that that call can can also maybe interact there uh if they want to you know doing follow up questions to the community
1: maybe reference Shane and Texas
0: Yeah Shane uh so that would be uh very interesting
1: mm-hmm.
0: So Shane please do uh please do uh keep us uh, updated and and also uh if you'd like to share more of your story uh we would like to uh like to hear it at uh, at the show 855-853-4802. That's our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. If you are not one yet, please consider becoming one. Of course, I'm speaking of the EPPs, the folks that keep the show on the air. It uh, costs quite a bit to uh, distribute the show every single day. And uh, in order to do that, we need some support. It's only 5 bucks a month, basically the cost of a cup of coffee. And you get uh, all the bonus episodes access to the brand new ones as we release them. It's really well worth it and the satisfaction of knowing you're helping to keep something you enjoy going. So uh, please uh, consider supporting the show on the website realghoststoriesonline.com Click Become an EPP. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. 18 plus.